Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to Indie Incursion and Indie Games Podcast, your weekly source for all the Indie Games news you need to know. This week we're bringing you four Indie Games news sources. I forgot how many we had. Uh, before we get into that, though, I would like to introduce myself, Vaughn Hyde, alongside my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average Josh Boys, and uh, this has been a long time coming, yes. Chris Penwell, one of the most beautiful boys from that there <laughs> active you. quest. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing well. Yeah, you can call Ooh. me the British Bulldog. You can call me that. Really? Yes. I'm going to be honest, for like the longest time, I was like, he's totally Canadian. Why does he keep saying he's British? Like for I the longest British. time. <laughs> 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 I just didn't understand. So, how you guys, you guys are doing good? Are you ready to record this podcast? Are you super stoked? It's, it's going to be a crossover for the ages, other than the fact that I went on your podcast not too long ago, so I guess it's not that weird. Yeah, yeah. I'm good to go. Let's get going. <laughs> Let's get going. Let's I like his going. I like his enthusiasm. Yeah, Let's it's a lot of enthusiasm. This is gonna go downhill from here, right? Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. It's normally where it starts out at. It's like slightly professional, and then I ask you guys, like I'm about to, what is your weirdest high school story? So let's, instead of doing this bullshit, like, hey, what are you thankful for? Because I was totally going to do that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Thanksgiving time, it is time to be thankful. Uh, but awkward high school stories are better. So I'll go first. Um, when I was in high school, and it's kind of weird because I didn't drink when I was in high school, but... Uh, I used to always at parties just randomly start streaking all what? the time. Yeah, it was a big thing. I would just like all of a sudden just start jumping around just all naked and shit. There's probably Hold some up, pictures like, out there. Not even inebriated at nope. all. You like didn't even drink. You're just like, I'm just going to show people my dick. No, I was a, I was fucking nuts when I was a kid. I don't know what because I started drinking and the clothes never really came off after that. <laughs> I'm a very backwards type of person. I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, I uh, I used to love that. I Once uh, when one of my buddies was making out with a chick, I stuck my dick in his hand in front of everyone. And I was like, what? oh, this guy's touching my dick. That's probably the weirdest story I have. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. I wasn't expecting your subtle sexual assault of your friend. <laughs> yeah, good times, good times. Man, the, the 90s are crazy. Wait, those aren't the 90s. The 2000s are crazy. <laughs> that reminds me of that South Park episode where Cartman like sticks his dick in Butter's mouth. And, like, oh. oh, well, no, no, no. That's, that's too far. <laughs> that's so, much too far. 
Yeah, that's excessive. So, Chris, what is your weirdest high school story? I should say it could also be middle school, but now that I've trapped Josh into talking about putting his dick in other people's hands, I feel like I... <laughs> <laughs> mine's, mine's far less <laughs> interesting. <laughs> uh, so I was in this uh, dramatic play based on a Greek tragedy, which I think like is pretty serious for a high school play. And uh, I said some lines and I actually skipped a whole scene like during the play and the, hmm. the, the other people in the cast were so mad at me <laughs> for doing that damn <laughs> yeah learn your lines damn it yeah did they do the like improv like yes and thing and they just kept going though they were just like yeah if I get yeah, that just scene no it. longer yeah. exists yeah 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 and I feel bad about that but it was, yeah it was kind of awkward at the same time <laughs> I mean <laughs> That's the mark of prefer, like a professional actor. If anything, they need to thank you because you tested their improv skills. Okay, <laughs> that's true. Right. <laughs> so for me, my weirdest high school story is not actually that weird. Now that I think about it, it's more of just a scenario that constantly happened in high school, and it pisses me off to this day. So. I don't know if this is a thing in your guys' high schools, but in my high schools, it's basically like fun with feces. Like, Ugh. let's do the most disgusting things humanly possible to piss off the rest of everyone. And I don't know if I've actually told this story on the podcast before. I might oh have, my. but there were multiple occasions where somebody would, like, lift up the little cap to the soap dispensers and just pee in it. Just right oh. in it. Just drain it right in there. And it was fairly obvious because this soap is, like, white. And then just a whole <laughs> stack of yellow, like, 100% <laughs> up. And you're like, dude, that's not even incognito. You didn't even, like, mix it in. That is obviously your piss. Wait, oh. you used to do that? No, or I other... didn't used to do that. That just that used to happen all oh. the time what in my wrong? high school. What is wrong with people? Why would they I mean, do that? I don't even know. There was also, like, I don't know if this ever happened in your high school, the people who would poop in urinals. What What kind of degenerates are you going <laughs> to school with? Yeah, apparently it's just a bunch of fucking cavemen live in Idaho. Just taking fat dumps in urinals and pissing in, like, soap dispensers. Jeez. And then the worst of it was and this is for most people this is not going to be the worst of it but for me it is because i'm a big tp guy i'm not super comfortable with going to the bathroom in public bathrooms but <laughs> when i do i like to have a large amount of toilet paper just in case okay it's mm -hmm. like a normal thing but every time i would go into the bathrooms some a-hole no matter what day what time it was like this person's priority in the morning before like right as they got to school they would take all of the toilet paper and just throw it in the toilet every day never like i'm like what are you doing with your life that you have so much time to make sure that you ruin my day every day i don't get it i don't know that sounds uh like someone had a personal vendetta against you mm -hmm. No, now just I following understand. you around wherever you pooped. Now I understand why you're so messed up on this podcast. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, because I live in Idaho, where all the heathens live. Apparently, oh God. <laughs> we are much I, more I'm... dignified in England. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, and this is not a joke at all. This actually happened. I went to Portland for a uh, like some kind of weird workshop for the art Institute of Portland, where I like basically was doing kind of an internship where we like 
tried to develop video games for like a weekend. It was kind of weird. Um, it was just to inform whether or not you wanted to not only go to that college, but also do that career in general. Um, but I went there and somebody legitimately asked me if we have schools in Idaho. <laughs> like a, just a school system. I mean, wow. Why would you need school? You just live off potatoes, right? That's all you do. I, I, 100%. It's just like, no, nah, we have a Hunger Game system. Like, we just murder each other. That's basically what happens here in Idaho. Like, of course we have fucking schools. What? <laughs> but now I see why people think that. It's because people take dumps in urinals here. What is wrong with people? Clearly you need more school. I mean, yeah. if anything, yes. They need, like, just some sort of schooling to teach them morals above all else just mm. like hey this is how you know you poop in the toilet and you then use toilet paper also i'm wondering this person who pooped in the urinal how'd they wipe their butt what's up with that oh, like did somebody hand question. them toilet paper maybe they just flushed the urinal and then just like kind of bidet their butt across the back of it <laughs> <laughs> this is i came up with involved. that answer really quick <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like you pooped in urinals and you just go to say it after a fucking dick hand. Uh, little do you know, I've been following you for, for years, just pooping in all the urinals you go to. And fucking <laughs> taking all the TP and hucking it. You actually have this vendetta against toilet paper as well. You're like, this is why I poop in urinals. Everyone should have a bidet. I mean, bidets are pretty nice. You should try it. I wouldn't suggest the urinal bidet, but regular bidets are pretty good. You know, suggest smashing your ass cheeks against a urinal? <laughs> no, it's not not one of the finer things in life. All right. I mean, to be fair, I did tell Chris that I was, like, going to try to not pull any punches, I guess. So. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I... We started out the gates real strange. Yep. I mean, you got to get weird. Uh, Chris came out actually, Yeah, Chris actually hit me up after he listened to last week's podcast and said... That he did think that Henry Cavill has big dick energy. Wow. All right. Yeah. Because yeah. Josh sucks and apparently Whoa. doesn't oogle men like we do. Excuse Get your head me. out of your ass and your ass out of freaking <laughs> urinals, Josh. <laughs> I got too much time on my hand. I don't have... I don't have time for tracking all this big dick energy around. <laughs> so, Big Josh Boy, what you been playing this week? <laughs> all right, so I'm going to talk about one game. Uh, nice transition, by the way. Uh, That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to talk about one uh, game that I've been playing a little bit. Uh, I got this game from the uh, publisher, Danjin, uh, Danjin Entertainment, I think. Uh, I'll look up the official name. Um but I got the game Bug Fables. We talked about this on the podcast once or twice before. Um, essentially, if you don't know what Bug Fables is, think Paper Mario. And then instead of Mario, just make it a bunch of bugs. And that's essentially the game. Um, it's this created world of essentially you as these team of bugs that are venturing on to take on this quest from the queen of your uh, village 
And you're essentially going on these quests to find these artifacts to fulfill some great prophecy. Uh, I won't go into more of the actual story for people who want to actually play the game and experience it. But essentially, you're going through the game trying to find these different artifacts for the queen. And along the way, you have your party of three bugs. And you're essentially playing the game out the same way that uh, Paper Mario plays, where the whole world aesthetically is... 3D, but in a weird 2D flat kind of way. Um, you're walking around. There's enemies on the actual overworld. You can hit them with your boomerang to kind of knock them out to get an advantage when you jump into battle. Battle is the same where you have turn-based combat, but each one of your moves has certain um, actions that you have to take to get a better score on the amount of damage you do. So, like... They're all timing or button-based, where one of them you'll use an ability and essentially you'll have to just wait for a timer for a random button to appear and you have to make sure you click the right button within a time limit to make sure you get the most damage or you have to hold down on the stick for a certain amount of time or you have to press certain buttons and orders. It's very, like, if you've never played a Paper Mario game, think kind of like a weird DDR style of rhythm-based game inside a turn-based combat game. Um, but it's, it's very similar and it's kind of what I've been harping about how I really wish there was, you know, the paper Mario series back because it was such a great series. And then Nintendo just decided to take a dump all over it. Well, these people are basically going true to the roots of paper Mario. It's very the same. It's almost like eerie how similar it is and how I'm surprised people aren't kind of pushing back on it from like a Nintendo standpoint because it it really is like the same mechanics the same like you have badge points which you use from leveling up your characters each level you have uh, BP points which is uh, or is it MP points regardless basically your mana pool that all of your characters use for abilities you have health that is shared across the team Um, but one of the things that's nice about this is it's you know Paper Mario it's Back to what I've wanted from a Paper Mario game for years since we had Thousand Year Door come out. So I actually really liked it. I think the story is a little... uh, It's not exactly that compelling. I do enjoy it, and I'm liking where it's going, but I haven't completed all of it, so you know maybe it'll take me for a loop. Um, But right now, it's more of the gameplay. I'm getting a little bit invested into the characters as I'm going through. I'm about halfway through the game at this point. Um, but I still think it's a lot of fun. And one of the things that's nice about it is they have a badge that you can wear, which will turn the game to hard mode, basically. So it's just to challenge yourself. And it just makes the enemies more difficult, gives you more experience, and makes bosses stronger. And you could technically take it off and put it on whenever you're having trouble, but I've kept it on throughout the entire game, and it's actually made the game pretty challenging. Uh, It's been really nice because... It's one of those games where when you think of something like a a Mario game, especially with those strategy games, you always think of like, oh, this isn't going to be very difficult. It's going to be, you know, kind of kiddie. It's not going to actually give that much of a challenge to the player. But this one is actually really nice the way they've done it. I feel there's been a couple of bosses where I've had to retry it and be like, okay, I have to think about, you know, what type type of items I'm bringing in so I have enough resources to back myself up. I have to think of strategies of what, uh, characters use what moves and in what order um, and it's it's not 
I've harped on it about being very similar to Paper Mario. There are some major differences in the way your characters attack because you have three characters instead of two. And you can essentially pass turns from one character to another uh, where each turn that you fight an enemy, you get three attacks basically throughout your characters, one per each. But you can change up the party as for who's facing, uh, who's in front. So they generally will take the most damage. So you put your tanks more to the front or you can swap them out if they're taking a lot of damage. You can uh, basically give up your attack if you want, say, your tank bug to give his attack to the one with the boomerang, the bee, so that they can hit people who are in the air because your guy who's you know, a beetle can't really hit anything in the air. So you basically pass off. So there is a good amount of strategy in the way they've done this to kind of bre- like bridge themselves away from the same style of that Paper Mario-esque feeling. Um, but it's still aesthetically, you can see it's so clearly an homage to that game. Um, but I, I, I've had a good time with it. I think it's definitely worth it if you love the Paper Mario series or if you just want a cute bug story and a turn-based combat system. So you brought up Thousand Year Door. How does this compare to, I mean, arguably the best Paper Mario game, uh, Paper Mario Sticker Star? (laughs) Go fuck yourself. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Sticker Star is an embarrassment, all right? (laughs) No, No one should play it. It's terrible. Nintendo... Get your act together, all right? That's Chris, are, are you a fan of any of the Paper Mario games? I have never tried them before, so I, I can't right. really add too much. But uh, Bug, well, uh, Bug Fables looks really cool to me. Um, I'm ready to check it out on PS4 or Switch uh, when it releases on consoles next year. Uh, so that'd be great to, to play. And thankfully, Duncan Entertainment's behind them to publish this stuff uh this game uh to other platforms than pc because who plays on pc right i mean oh uh, way to throw shade at the big josh <laughs> boy <laughs> uh first off yes thank you to danjan entertainment for uh providing me with a copy of this game second off a lot of people play on pc fuck you chris <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh if you haven't played a paper mario uh just wait because i'm i'm sure that they'll port it to switch and i'm hoping they do some kind of thousand year door uh you know remastering i don't know what that would look like but even if they just ported it uh that's the one to play Mm. it's an awesome game um but bug fables is what we have right now and it's really good so i still definitely recommend this one and uh, I think when it comes on Switch, it's going to get huge. I-, I think this is a game that's oh, going to really get yeah. huge when it releases on that platform because Nintendo gamers, they they attach themselves to these projects all the time. So I, I think this might be a big one for them. Yeah, and this game has already received a lot of uh, high regard as far as the platforms that it's available on right now, being Steam. Um but I definitely think that this would lend itself to be a Switch game, especially since it is. Um, and I, I think, honestly, like turn-based games or longer RPGs are really well-housed on the Switch. And I think the way they go about this game in chapters lends itself to be perfect for the Switch. Cool. Yeah, I can't wait to review it on, uh, on my podcast. It's a, it's a good one. <laughs> 
Speaking of your podcast, since I completely forgot to actually like <laughs> introduce you, I just wanted to know your weirdest. Let's just get to the crudeness straight away. Let's go. <laughs> what is your podcast? How would you describe Active Quest? Uh, so Active Quest, uh, it's a weekly show, weekly show with uh, Joseph Yaden, Josh Nichols, and I, and we talk about uh, the latest gaming news. Um, we cover some indie games, but mostly the big kind of like topics of the week. And then we go over what we've been playing and, uh, yeah, we, we have a lots, lots of fun and lots of jokes in here and there <laughs> within the podcast. Um, I'm also starting a new website called chapter select, uh, at chapterselect.com, and it's launching on December 11th. So please check that out when it comes out. Nice. That's awesome. Super excited to check that out. Uh, speaking of su- being super excited to check stuff out, uh, I played Ark Survival Evolved, which that segue makes absolutely no sense because that's an <laughs> old-ass game. My initial segue was, speaking of games that are good on Nintendo Switch, this port is not because apparently Ark Survival Evolved is straight-up garbage on Nintendo Switch. So don't nice. play it there. But you've got, like, PC, you've got Xbox One, you've got PS4. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about the games I'm playing just because they... I mean, technically, Ark Survival Evolved, from what I understand, actually is an independent game. But uh, it's been out forever, and I imagine everybody knows what it is. But I'm just freaking... I'm taming taming dinosaurs. Um, I'm pooping everywhere because apparently every five (laughs) seconds, your dude's got to take a dump in that game. I think you have a fixation on uh, pooing, man. Do, Do you have some... Post-traumatic disorder. We we talked about this. You you poo-poo all over my Binding of Isaac interest and playing Legend of Bumbo because of your asphyxia. This this weird like oh I don't want to play it because it's gross. But you're always talking about poop and piss. I'm up (laughs) attacking. <laughs> yeah, you know what's weird is you guys aren't the fierce people like this within the last week to say that to me. Chase actually brought that up too. Afterwards, he's like, for somebody who like seems to be disgusted by it, you talk about poop a lot. And I was like, yeah. You know, that is kind of weird. I do that a lot. So in Ark Survival Evolved, uh, you can pick up poop. So that's kind of cool. But um, like every five seconds it happens. And then it makes the noise in your head is like, like it's just like, like somebody just took a dump, like in your head's just sitting on the toilet seat or something. It's fucking disgusting. I hate it. But and even your dinosaurs do it, and it's like these fat balls. And I'm like, oh my god, dude, it's excessive. But um, my friend Chase, the one I previously talked about, uh, scolding me for my poop fixation. Apparently, um, he actually just paid for a private server, so it's just the few of us because we all want to play online, but we don't want to play on a server where a bunch of people are being dickheads and just hunting you down and killing you and killing your dinos and shit like that. We're like, hey, let's just do the casual thing, and we're going to like have our own server. So I'm popping in. I built my hut at a thatch, which just looks absolutely disgusting, just like garbage. Um <laughs> And then I made a house out of wood, and I was like, man, this takes way more wood than I than I really wish it did. But, yeah, a lot yeah, of cool things happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got a pterodactyl, and then I tried to ride it, and I was too fat, and it couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a sad day. <laughs> and uh, I have a parasaur that is red and yellow, so it is the McDonald's parasaur. 
Um, just a whole bunch of really exciting stuff happens. I tried to fly to see my friends' base, and then I died of frostbite on a mountain. I was super pissed off about it. And then I took one of their birds to go get my body and my my pterodactyl, and I died again from frostbite again because I'm an idiot. And then I went it back happens. a third time, and I got my stuff. It was awesome. Um Speaking of, like, weird little dinosaur creatures, because I'm not going to talk too much about Ark. I also played some Pokemon Shield. I'm really enjoying it. I'm currently grinding out, trying to get me that uh, that Zygote Pokemon, that one that looks like a booger. It's called, like, Solaris or something like that. Definitely a fetus, not a booger. I'm telling you, dude, his third evolution is definitely a fetus. It even has an umbilical cord, but that first one is 100% a Zygote. That's a fertilized egg if I've ever seen one. <laughs> it's got like a mouth, but no body. So, zygote, hundred percent. It's actually called the cell Pokemon, which I was like, I guess that makes sense. But that totally looks like a like a newborn baby, or I guess not <laughs> a not newborn a newborn. Baby. Technically, it looks like like the beginning of a baby. Maybe this is like Game Freak's subtle jab. They're just like pro life, and they're just like fucking trying to get us all over here the dumb americans um I mean, yeah they did have that one pokemon that like is being affected by global warming so oh uh shit i talked about this pokemon today um it's like corsola or, uh, yeah whatever Cor- yeah it's coral mon <laughs> corsola <laughs> i literally just said a coral mon <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it was previously, a, it's a coral Pokemon. It was previously pink, and now it is bleached coral, so mm-hmm. it's a ghost-type Pokemon. It's disgusting. That thing kicked my ass in the ghost gym, and it pissed me off. It wiped my team, but technically, I, and I hold to this, I've never been wiped because I rage quit, and I just, like, turned it off, and then I turned it back on, and I fought it again, and died again, and then I turned it off and turned it back on, and then I won. So nice. suck it, ghost so gym. nothing undefeated. ever happens. <laughs> I, in my playthrough, I never lost. Same. Yeah? Did you yeah, never lose fun. like I never lost? <laughs> <laughs> like, no one ever was. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm i enjoying Pokemon so far. It's it's fun. Um, I like a lot of their accessibility features. I think some of them are dumb. Like Whoa. the fact that... Uh, I literally just, like, can't battle water Pokemon. There's, like, a Whalmer in the wild area, and I was like, I really want you, but for some reason, you can come up to the shore, and I can't punch your big stupid face. Like, I don't <laughs> understand it. You'll, you'll, you'll get it eventually. Yeah, you yeah. will. Yeah, that's, a, that's something that you get you know, during the adventure. Yeah, I asked my friend about it a little while later. I was like, what is wrong? Why can't I fight this stupid Whalmer? And he's like, oh, you have to get this addition that allows you to do this. And I was like, that's fucking dumb, dude. Just let me, like, I don't I actually kind of like that, though, because then you have to go back to the wild area to catch a specific Pokemon and also get the stones you need to evolve your Pokemon. So it gives you the encouragement to explore that wild area and find new places. So I hope... Game Freak actually takes that kind of like Breath of the Wild kind of model and uh, escalates it further into the next game. Yeah, I do actually really like that too, that they constantly make you return to this wild area, even when you're just going between, like, you're going between routes or cities. I do like that. It's just I have an issue with not being able to, like, hit the guy that literally is less than a foot away from me. But, um... (laughs) uh, This game is... It's a lot easier, but it's a lot more... 
I, I don't know. It's just it's made it a lot more accessible and it's made me more interested in it, uh, such mm. as I'm a little dumb-dumb and never understood the difference between attack and special attack until uh. my friends told me. And I was like, man, I'm learning so much more about this game. And it's, I, I, I don't know, Pokemon is a lot deeper than I ever thought it was, um, yeah. which is kind of stupid. Yeah, never got too deep into the RPG elements because I'm a little idiot. <laughs> and and here's, something just... I, here's something I like as well is that the Pokemon Sword and Shield... It, the difficulty gets a bit higher once you reach the end of the game, and like it, it actually challenged me in specific ways I didn't, you know, expect. Yeah, this is actually, I would say this is probably the hardest Pokemon game I've played, which is a little weird, considering it seems so much easier. Um, playing the older games, I would just overlevel my Pokemon and then consistently like beat the shit out of everybody. But mm-hmm. once they introduce two type Pokemon. That's when it gets weird because you forget that your like freaking rock Pokemon is also Ghost, and then somebody uses a Dark type move on you, and you're like, God <laughs> damn it! Freaking, and it just wipes your whole team. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. But what have you been playing this week, Chris? Uh, I have been playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Border. Oh, you um, had to fucking say it, didn't you? Yeah, gonna, yeah, it's kind of my we're thing. Throw hands on this podcast, <laughs> dude. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I I have to mention this first. I'm early in, and to be honest, like it just hasn't grabbed me that we- that much. Um, the story's kind of dull from my experience so far. The the main character hasn't really grabbed me. He's not very interesting, and the combat is really basic at first. But I'm guessing it gets a bit better overall. But uh, I don't know. It's just something about it that just doesn't make me want to play it again. Like and I, I think I should get over that and keep playing it because I, I don't know, I love Star Wars. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order is very pretty, so I think that might make me return and play it tonight or <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, I. Uh, this is coming from somebody who bought and played it just over a weekend. I really loved Fallen Order. Have you gotten any of your Force abilities yet, other than the the one you start out the game with? Uh, not yet, I don't think. I, I got the wall jumping, but that's about it so far. <laughs> I love how many people have criticized that game. They're like, how the fuck do you forget how to jump on a wall? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought that was weird too. I'm like, really? There are some really weird things about it, but I do actually really like the storyline of, like, a Padawan with PTSD having survived yeah. Order 66. Mm. I think that's. I just really haven't cool. gotten further enough, in, for, uh, far enough in yet to really give it a good, you know, description. Yeah, once you start to unlock these other abilities, um, and later on in the story, Cal Kestis gets way more interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, it takes a while. It it's takes not a while a good to first get impression, there. For sure, to me. Yeah, I could. De- I definitely understand that. Initially, when I started playing it, I didn't think so either. Especially coming off of games like, I mean, the only Star Wars games having like played before were at least this action heavy. Were like the Force Unleashed games, which were mm-hmm. much more action heavy. Um, and the- this game is much more slow and methodical, and you don't have all these amazing Force powers. It's mm-hmm. definitely, I don't know. It's it's kind of a shock. But once you get used to it and you start to get into the combat, it's a lot of fun. Uh, what uh, difficulty are you playing on? Uh, I'm playing it on Jedi Knight, so I tried to go on like, the hard difficulty. 
Yeah, I tried to go on the Jedi Grandmaster, the hardest difficulty, <laughs> and on that first like train thing, I get I kept getting shot in the A, and I was like, dude, I'm so sick of this. And then I eventually got past that, and I got to the first planet where you actually learn how to run on walls, which sounds like you're basically where you are. Fought a toad, and I was like, fuck you, toad. I'm sick of this, and I just turned it down. And I was like, I'm just going to play mm-hmm. this game the way I want to. But it's exactly. really fun. Yeah, cool. it gets a lot better. Trust me. it's It gets okay. a lot more fun. Great, yeah, because uh, I, I don't know, it, it has a lot of promise to me, but it just feels like a game that I've played a lot of times before as well. But I guess that's something that hasn't really grabbed me either. It just feels like Uncharted or God of War or something. Just It feels like a, a lot of games that I've played. Yeah, just wait till you can push people off ledges and it'll be the funniest game you've ever played. Yes, yes, I can't wait for those ragdoll physics. (laughs) The only thing I legitimately hate about that is bosses you can't push into pits. And I understand they do that because of cutscenes, but it pissed me off during the last boss. I was like, force pushed her and she was like, almost fell in the pit and then just like basically hit a wall and didn't. And Mm -hmm. I was like, fuck you fall <laughs> just die like what something yeah, yeah. something i found funny um is uh in a, a, assassin's creed odyssey <laughs> you get an ability to sparta kick someone off a hill right yeah. so i <laughs> um in a fit of rage i guess my character uh kicked <laughs> her, her her step uh brother off the ledge <laughs> like smart kick and he was just like oh no like, oh shit like a rag <laughs> so I was like damn you can actually do that holy shit that's awesome that's awesome yeah. what else have you been playing uh Blazing Chrome it's kind of like a Contra game uh, I know this is indie so I, I tried to play an indie game before uh going on the show and it's the At developer is yeah yeah I tried to <laughs> I, I tried to make an effort and uh, put in, you know, to try to get ready for the podcast I go on to, right? Um, and the the developer is Joy Masher. Um, once again, I, I'm I'm very early in this game. I think I, I I'm at the end of the first level, and it, it's super challenging, just like the Contra games. It has a lot of polish, and what I like about these kind of retro style retro style games from this generation is that it adds. Uh, much more to that initial formula, that classic look, that classic um, console, uh, classic consoles can't do nowadays, right? So like the bosses look super, like super cool. They're well animated, and uh, the cool thing, just like uh, the classic kind of like collections you can get, like the Sega Genesis Mini or um, the Se- or the Sega collection you can get on PC. There's a lot of options for you to change the screen. So you can make it look like an arcade screen. You can make it look like a CRT. Or you can even uh, do four times or five times the resolution. So it looks like a modern game. Uh, so there's a lot of cool things going on with this game. Uh, and uh, I know the, the, the shooting feels super cool too. Because you get all the, these different uh, weapons you can use. Like a, a grenade launcher or the standard kind of machine gun. All those weapons feel amazing uh, with the controller. Because they, the vibration they put into the game is well programmed. That's really awesome. The like the change in aspect ratio in all of this like visual fidelity stuff you're talking about reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of when um, I 
believe it was uh, Monster Boy and the – no, what is it? Wonder Boy and the Dragon's Crown. For yeah. some reason, I forgot about it. Yeah, how they had it to where you could actually switch between the previous like iteration of the game and the new iteration. Instantly. I've always thought that yeah. was really, really cool. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think that's a great option. Were you a big fan of like the Contra games beforehand? Not really, no, but it's always intrigued me, right? So uh, I, I looked on Xbox Game Pass on PC <laughs> – <laughs> and uh, downloaded it, so yeah, I gave that a go. I love you. Ha- you got to bring that joke over here. <laughs> <laughs> I got that. I got that. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, and you've been playing one more game. Yeah, uh, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Uh, once again, I played a little bit of this. Like this, this week was a bit crazy with my job, so I wish I could. Played, I could have played a bit more, but I, I didn't have the time. Sorry, uh, but Rap <laughs> uh, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, I, I think, it's a stunning game. You know, it, like it's made on the same engine as the Division, and you could tell they added all these different kind of like models and um, different uh, uh, different aspects to the game that look amazing and. Uh, I love all the Mario kind of like references within the Ma- Rabbids kind of world <laughs> and the Rabbids are just messing up the Mario world. So yeah, I, I love that combination of the two. Um, and the st- strategy XCOM gameplay is super interesting with uh, the Mario aesthetic. Like mm-hmm. uh, I never thought something like this would ever exist, right? Especially with the Mario characters. So um, it's been intriguing to play and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm having fun with it so far. Yeah, it and I've I've played it before, uh, but it's honestly really surprising too because going into kind of that same like Nintendo mentality of it probably is going to be more accessible and for kids. Honestly, in the later levels, it can get pretty challenging. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got, I'm finding it challenging already. You know, and mm-hmm. I'm only about two hours in, so I'm like, damn, this is gonna get difficult. <laughs> Yeah. If you didn't know though, uh, Big Josh Boy is really good at games. He's like yeah. MLG, so shut up. <laughs> MLG at Mario Rabbit's King Battle. Yeah, I'm yeah, very competitive. <laughs> I, I speed run it on the side, you know. <laughs> so I want to get your take on this. Uh, this opinion I have Here is or is he not uh, Mario? Being oh that he is or is oh, he no. not the Christopher Columbus? Of the Mushroom Kingdom. Hmm? Yes, I think so. Oh, suck it, Josh. Mario fucking sucks. I don't like Mario either. I don't. Oh my goodness. He's weird. <laughs> this hatred. You guys are so wrong. Dude's You're... a turd. He literally like evades this foreign land, steals their ladies, and murders them. <laughs> he is 100% Christopher yeah, Columbus. He treats his brother so badly. Come on. Every game needs a villain, all right? <laughs> and it just happens to be Mario. <laughs> yeah, the game just because just because the game actually isn't Bowser being the villain doesn't mean it's not a good game. I hope so badly there's like a bunch of people who named their child Mario and then the last Mario game that is ever put out which will never happen. But the last one turns out that Mario has been the bad guy the whole time and it's going to be like <laughs> people who named their child like Khaleesi or Daenerys and they're just like fuck, you suck now. <laughs> You're destined to be an a-hole. No! So all the people named Mario are just going to be doomed. That's a oh. thing? Like, people called the, <laughs> the oh, children I'm sure Khaleesi? And, oh, no. 
Yeah, you didn't know oh. that. Lots of people like uh, it was one of the most <laughs> popular names. Uh, like I think in 2017 or 2018 was Daenerys. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, it's absolutely disgusting. And then a lot of people are like, yeah, this is why you wait until the end of a series to name your <laughs> child after a fictional character. I mean, you should also just not name them after a fictional character. There's that. Too. I don't know, dude. Like, all yeah. the names I have for kids are definitely based on games. So much so that every time I suggest a name, my fiance is like, so what's that from? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she must be so pleased that all of the children's names are going to be video game based. Mm. I mean, sometimes I'll pass them off like they're not, but yeah, they all are. Yeah, mm. for sure. So what's your My top sister. what's your top one that you're going to use? Um, it kind of depends. So I don't necessarily have a top one. Currently, I have Oliver, which I really want, which is a okay. reference to both the Green Arrow and the character from Nino Cooney, yes. who's also a ginger. So, mm. yeah, that's yeah? True. yeah. But what yeah. if they're not ginger? Then fuck that kid. It's not my kid, dude. Damn. <laughs> fucking, fucking hatred. That's not cool. And then I also have Wallace, which is actually a reference to uh, Wally West from is basically Kid Flash or also The Flash, also a ginger. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Oh, you're I really banking on this ginger thing. Yeah, I didn't just do it for gingers but it seems to be kind of that way um he's also one of my favorite uh, he's one of my favorite movie characters he's in a movie called what if mm-hmm. i really like it it's got daniel radcliffe fantastic movie really love it and then for a girl um for the longest time my fiance wanted to name our daughter if we have one mabel and for some reason that makes me think of a pig every time so for years yeah. I was like nah nah and then she pointed out it's actually because of a movie where a girl has a pig nose and I was like oh that checks out still no though yeah she's gonna like be doomed with my nose cause I have a pig nose so she doesn't need to like Damn. match it yeah yeah uh, so then we kind of just like landed on Ellie so yeah that's, that's wow, gonna happen wow that's a good name yeah um, and then The Last of Us 2 is going to come out, and we're going to find out Ellie's like a murderous like psychopath, and she I'm going to be stuck with a shitty kid. So Yeah. Well, we'll see. My, uh, my sister made fun of me because uh, she thinks, oh, you're going to call your son Sora, aren't you? I'm like, no, I'll never do that. Stop no. it. No. Really goofy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Don, how's it going, dudes? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that if works. you actually had to name a child after a Kingdom Hearts character, which one would you choose? Since you are a big fan <laughs> of Kingdom Hearts, I should say. Um, I said, oh god, put me on. The He's spot like, here. fuck, it would be Sora. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, if it's a girl, Olette. I think because I think that's quite a nice name, and no mm. one's called Olette. Um. Wow. Don't know for a guy because uh, I feel like all it's all easier them, like, with super girl Japanese, names. like. <laughs> yeah you're like all the guy names fucking suck they all suck <laughs> i hate riku he's a turd i mean he kind of is that's like his whole thing <laughs> yeah they gotta have that one a-hole uh but I speaking mean, yeah. of a-holes let's hop into the news big boys that had n- not a good transition at all but i mean they i'm proud are. of it <laughs> All right, our first news story is over on IGN. It is written by Matt Perslow, and it is Arcane Studio co-founder launches new studio, Wolfeye. 
I don't know why it bothers me that this dude said studio twice, but it totally makes sense considering it's Arcane Studios and studio. Uh, but there's another word mean. you could come up with. Look up a thesaurus, dude. There you go. See, Ooh. now we finally got some other salty person on here. <laughs> Man, Chris needs to be a mainstay so we could just shit on <laughs> stuff together. I don't know about this. <laughs> Too much salt. <laughs> Uh, so Raphael Colantonio, maybe the former president and creative director of Dishonored creator Arcane Studios, has set up a new development company, Wolfeye Studios. He has begun the venture along with fellow Arcane veteran Julian Roby, who's I'm gonna say, dude, your name is way easier. That's a compliment right there. You're that's like a streamlined name. Roby okay? or Robbie? Fuck, you got me there. Um, who was the company's former executive producer? Because I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm assuming it's actually Robbie, but... <laughs> okay. Julian robbed me. <laughs> um, at Wolf Eye Studios, Colantonio takes on the role of president and creative director, and Robbie is... Roby. I don't know. I don't freaking know. Let's just go with Robbie. Is the company's CEO and executive producer. The developer already has a project in the works, which will be announced at the Game Awards this December. While Wolfie is keeping quiet about what that game is until the announcement, it has published a teaser picture, which you can see below, which is... I... Uh, yeah, that's a weird picture. It looks cool, but it's it's weird as hell. Mm, I hope it's not a survival game, because we have a ton of those. I don't think it will be, uh, mainly just because the Wolf Eye Studios aims to create games in which players live their own adventure in rich simulated mm. worlds that represent uh, that respond to actions and decisions in ways that are unique to each playthrough. Oh, fuck, that totally could be a survival game. <laughs> <laughs> no... <laughs> <laughs> that would be legitimately hilarious. Oh, that would be so disappointing. Oh. <laughs> Come on, <Robbie>. um, <laughs> According to a press release from the company, that certainly that certainly sounds like a similar mantra that of Arcane Studios, but it remains to be seen if the developer's first game treads close to the immersive sim genre line. Uh Colantonio helped found Arcane 20 years ago, worked across the studio's many projects. Uh, Roby Robbie worked alongside him for more than 12 years and produced Dishonor and Arx Fatalis. Um, after taking... After taking some time off and consulting for a variety of video game companies, I'm ready for a new adventure, added Colantonio. I'm, I'm just waiting to hear his name actually pronounced by somebody, and it's totally not that. It's like Antonio. Every time you say it, I always just think of some like uh, very offensive, not authentic, like guy with a uh, a fake big old mustache <laughs> trying to like pretend he's Italian. He's like, I'm Colantonio. Like, I don't hey, know be honest, why. that's a, hey. that's exactly what I thought too. Yeah, he's like the Fonz. Yeah, <laughs> I'm starting a new studio. Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cole Antonio, president and creative director at Wolfi. The AAA space market is risk averse and innovative. Or innovation suffers from it. As a game designer, I've been wanting to try new ideas and approaches, and I believe independent games are the best space to do so. Um, the Game Awards 2019 airs on December 12th, and blah blah blah. You can check out the nominees. Doesn't really matter. Uh, the ceremony. 
is known for its high-profile world premieres, so it seems like Wolfi will not be the only studio making an announcement. That is very true. There's a shitload of them. A lot of them. Um, so, are you guys excited about this? Are you super stoked for this to be a survival game? <laughs> uh, no. I, I hope no. not, because it would be a waste of talent, I think, to work on a survival game. Because, like, the, the Sonic games are designed in a phenomenal way. Like, it, they're, they're perfect, pretty much. <laughs> you know? You can explore their levels in in a variety of different ways. You can take out the, en- the uh, enemies in super creative st- ways that the, even the developers all. don't even know. <laughs> you know? So, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I just hope this project goes well and hopefully we'll be surprised by it, even if it is a survival game. Nope. If it's a survival, I'm fully out. No way. <laughs> <laughs> but, granted, the, yeah, the idea of games that have multiple possibilities and different ways to handle it are always something I'm looking forward to. Uh, it's definitely why I'm so, so super interested in what cyberpunk is going to be. Um, but I guess we'll see what this is. If it's survival, I'm out. <laughs> what do you guys hope it's going to be? Like your hope of all hopes. What would you hope it is? Now that I've said hope 25 times. Hmm. My hope of all hopes. I mean... I could go for something. I mean, I I ultimately want something that's you know similar to the Dishonored series. Um, I don't know because I wonder what he's really alluding to in that uh, that idea of hey, I can't be creative or innovative in a AAA studio. But Dishonored was pretty you know out there for something that's mm-hmm. from a giant studio to say. So like, I I wonder how far his his mind is going with this project because if it's something that's like vastly different which it sounds like it would have to be if uh they weren't going to get the green light from it then it's probably something that will not look like dishonored at all so i don't know i i really have no idea what could come out from this studio here's what i think is going to happen i think it's going to be an early access game it launches on the same day as the game awards and it's uh, set in the Western times in the perspective of, um, uh, uh, what's the proper way of saying it? A Native American or um, indigenous person or in that culture. That's what I'm guessing from the picture I, I see right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, maybe. I, I guess when I'm looking at that picture, though, I think more of like weird shaman type people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know, but uh, that's probably a good guess i guess we'll have to see i hope it's not an early access thing i'm I'm tired of seeing early access games (laughs) i mean something should just be early access speaky like google stadia but uh we're not going to get into that one for a while but that would have been a good transition that i just wasted i mean you could Um, always jump to it but yeah (laughs) no i'd rather just waste it why why do that yeah i think (laughs) this game looks really cool the fact that you guys brought up that the picture looks like nomadic culture is actually I mean, I would say pretty astute. I think that it will probably be something like that. Um, I also hope it's not a survival game, even though I actually enjoy survival games because I like the difficulty elements that they bring. Um, I I hope and I don't think it will be. Just because the the game space is so littered with them right now, I don't necessarily think it's going to be something that's like, it, it blows up. I don't think it'll be fantastic if it does. Um, so yeah, I 
I hope it's something more akin to Dishonored than it is anything mm-hmm. else. Because the Dishonored series is fantastic, and I'm going to be honest, the first, like, right when Chris started talking, I saw he said the Sonic games, and I was like, what? What? What are you talking about fucking Sonic, dude? What are, what are you even doing? The Dishonored games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Dishonored games. I got games. it eventually. You know, the water. That's good. <laughs> All right, our next news story is over on GameSpot. It is written by James O'Connor, and it is Facebook buys Beat Saber devs to focus on further VR development. Boo. <laughs> Fucking well, was, boo. All right, we got some opinions here. Yeah, I was going to ask how you felt about it, but it seems like we already got it. <laughs> All right, uh, Beat Saber developer of Beat Games is now a part of Facebook and is joining Oculus Studios. They will re- remain independently operated, according to the announcement, and will continue to work on new content for Beat Saber, including an upcoming 360-degree level mode that will ship in December. According to the announcement, Beat Saber has only scratched the surface of what the studio can do, and Facebook is thrilled to join forces to see where this talented team takes VR gaming in the future. It also states that this buyout will help Beat Games to develop more content for their game and what Beat Saber will remain... uh, Oh, and Beat Saber will remain available on non-Oculus platforms as well, which is actually really nice because that's always something you should probably be worried about when they get bought by somebody who has, like, proprietary technology. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a QA posting or Q and A posting, not QA. Um, a Q and A posting along with the announcement makes it clear that modding will still be possible too, but the developer mode is not intended for uh, engaging in piracy or illicit modding, including mods that infringe on third-party IP rights or contain malicious code. Beat Games will remain in Prague as well and will continue operating as it has uh, to at this uh as it had has to this point um uh, blah 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 big big month yeah so i personally um think that this really i don't know how, how do you, i'm gonna save my thoughts for a second so i can really form them how do you guys feel about this let's start with chris since he's obviously really salty about it well the thing is like i'm not a pc gamer right so this will restrict their games on pc and i don't know i think that's just unfortunate but at the same time you know um with these developers getting uh, a bigger budget perhaps they can make more games like beat saber and now they can have more music in in the game as well because now they can afford the licenses for all these popular songs that um uh indie developer probably couldn't afford to begin with, um, I immediately uh, I immediately think of uh, harmonics. You know, they they had issues um, getting the licenses for these kind of songs, right? So, uh, and they're an independent studio, so I don't know. <laughs> Just uh, I, I think it's a it can it is kind of a good thing for the developer and uh, the things they could do in the future, but it's just unfortunate for those who want to play their games who uh, are into PlayStation VR. Are they? Did they say that they're specifically taking it away from those other consoles, though? Or no, not not Beat Saber, but like their their future games are like to be exclusive mm, to. I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, Oculus, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, they actually specifically said that they like the Beat Saber will continue to be on other consoles. Yes. That they're not taking it. So yeah, he's like he said, just talking about future games. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good point. Um, I don't know. I mean, it depends on how they go about this because obviously this team is pretty invested in Beat Saber, and it depends on what route route they're going. Are they going the route of Beat Saber? They're just going to continually work on this and create more song packs and create you know more content for that specific game that won't really make that concern an issue or are they going to then be like all right now that we bought you it's time to make beat saber 2 and then like only have it for the oculus platform then i agree with you that's kind of kind of shitty but i mean we we've yet to see what is going to come of this uh granted yeah. i'm not the biggest fan of facebook in general just because nah me yeah there's that there's reasons uh but regardless of that i think it's it is good for the studio obviously they are getting money so like that's cool but we'll have to see what facebook actually does with this as far as vr development honestly my biggest issue with this is the idea that now that this uh the beat games has been purchased if they ever want to make something outside of VR, they might just be boned. Like they're they're now yeah. owned by Facebook, so it's very possible that they'll be just siloed into making VR games for the rest of their lives. Um, the, the especially difference... in the Czech Republic, <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of uh, studios in that country except for like CD Projekt Red. So mm-hmm. um, there's not many places for them to go to. You know. Yeah, yeah, they can't exactly just like I I don't know they can't exactly just leave the studio and join another one. They'd have to yeah. probably move somewhere. the The only thing that I find kind of like solace with in this, um, I'm not a big like PC gamer either, and I'm not into the Oculus. But um, apparently the Oculus Quest is pretty affordable, and it's got decent quality. Plus, they just released the like Oculus Link, which allows you to link it up to your computer to get I don't know to make it beefier and allow you to basically like play the other games on it as well um but yeah i i'm not a big fan of like it their future games possibly being shoehorned into only being on oculus either i think that'll really suck but yeah i i don't know if there's precedent yet i don't know if there's anything that have come like that has come out of facebook's like games division um that has been just exclusive on Oculus. I I don't know a lot about VR. Do you guys know if there are any games that have been exclusive? I'm assuming there are. Oh yeah, the um the Insomniac game. Uh, a, a few Insomniac games have been exclusive to Oculus. Uh, I know that for sure, and they've been a very VR heavy studio, right? So I think on top, like Sony buying them, like it was probably a great move on their part because they have that experience now, right? Um. And now Oculus doesn't have access to that. Um, I think it's called Stormland. Maybe is the yes. game yes. that's exclusive from Insomnia. Insomniac over there. I believe so. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. That it'll really suck. Um, if their games just become exclusive to the Oculus platform. Hopefully, Facebook continues to try to make it affordable, like they did with Oculus Quest, which will be really nice and kind of I think further the idea of vr um but once again i think it's gonna suck if beat games ever wants to make anything outside of vr but it's very possible that they exclusively want to develop for the vr platform that is possible um so our next news story is over on GameSpot, or i think it just stays on GameSpot technically because our last one is on here too um it is 
written by Jordan Ramey, I believe, and it is Firewatch Dev's <laughs> next game, In the Valley of the Gods, may be in jeopardy. So this one's actually kind of interesting because in the article it talks about not knowing why these guys change stuff, but we actually know now why, but I guess I'll get to that in a second. Um, Though nothing has been officially announced, something seems to be going on with In the Valley of the Gods. The sophomore effort of Campo Santo, uh, several prominent members of Campo Santo have changed their Twitter bios to imply that they are no longer working on the game and In the Valley of the Gods has been removed from the studio's official website. Twitter user Tyler McVicker, maybe, um, noticed that In the Valley of the Gods environmental artist, artist, not artist, artist, uh, Jane, and it's just NG. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm going to be honest, um, but I'm just going to go with NG, I guess. Um, (laughs) Art director Claire Hummel and designer Jake Rodkin all changed their Twitter bios on November 17th, 2019. Uh, The changes can be seen below, which they basically just changed it from In the Valley of the Gods to uh, like designer at Valve, making video games at Valve, all that stuff. If you guys didn't know, um, Campo Santo was actually purchased by Valve, I believe, last year? Yeah, yeah. Um, April 2018. Yes. Yeah, I believe so. Um, the homepage of the official Campo Santo website has also been altered. Previously, the website listed in the Valley of the Gods as Campo Santo's current project, uh, that has since been removed. Campo Santo's debut Firewatch is currently the only game listed on the website homepage. All that said, the official website on, of in the Valley of the Gods still exists. So it has actually been confirmed that these people are working on Half-Life Alex, the new VR game, uh, the Valve is producing. So that is actually why, but I want to know how you guys feel about, like, this is kind of in the same vein of what we just talked about, how Facebook purchased, um, beat games, like what they could have this team do. Valve purchased Campo Santo and now seemingly like shelved one of their projects so that these people could work on, uh, Half-Life Alex. But from what I understand, the way that Valve's like how it internally works is if you don't want to work on something, you don't necessarily have to, but I'm not sure if that also pertains to like Campo Santo. How do you guys feel about this? I'll let you go first, Chris. Yeah. It's just, uh, we haven't heard of about much. Uh, we haven't heard much about this game, uh, for a long time. I think ever since the game awards like two years ago or something. So, uh, I honestly think it's a project that kind of like failed and, uh, they're moving on to the next best thing, you know? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because you could, one, you could say, oh, yeah, it's because the Half-Life project and now they're they're moving on and it it's obviously up in the air. But, like, at the same time, the whole concept of them just all of the sudden out of the blue now moving on just because Half-Life was announced seems a little weird like they could have yeah like that change they would have already been working on it because it's not like the minute it's announced people start working on a game so Mm -hmm. i I don't know if you can really just be like oh this is because valve is just saying oh you can't work on this game like there could be other inner workings of issues that had arisen that aren't really just about the half-life giving them the benefit of the doubt then again it you know it it also could have been um but we don't really know and at this point it's more of just speculation so it's hard to really tell 
uh, a theory I have is that Half-Life Alex is just the beginning of uh, the Half-Life uh, uh, re rejuvenation. I think we're going to get a new Half-Life 3 or something similar to that. And they need the game developers like uh, Campo Santo to make it come come to fruition, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because all the, these game developers have likely left Valve, you know, because right. they haven't made games for like the last four or five years or something, except like for a dumb card game and Dota 2. <laughs> Artifact, I think it was called. Yeah, it's yeah. I love Artifact how everyone now. shits on Artifact. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, just to speculate a little bit more before we move on to our last news story, I it is also very possible that these people were given the opportunity to work on Half-Life and they're like, hey, yeah, I want to do that. Like mm -hmm. that's I I want to work on in the Valley of the Gods, but let's just shelve that and instead work on Half Life because I don't know. Like Half Life is a massive game series; it's a big deal. People have been waiting for Half Life Three forever, and whether or not you enjoy the announcement of Half Life Alex, or whether you're super annoyed that it's VR exclusive, that I mean that that's not really part of this story. Even though that I mean I guess it might suck for you, but. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's very possible that these people saw a way to really impact, like, basically games as a whole because Half-Life is a gigantic series and decided to take it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, like you guys said, you can't exactly blame Valve for everything just because they bought them. They're, yeah, that is that is a very good point. Uh, so let's yeah. move on to our last news story, which is on 9 to 5 Google. It is written by <laughs> Abner Lee. Which is, this is an interesting story. Uh, Chris found this one. I have never even heard of the site 9to5Google. I'm going to be honest. Initially, I was like, I don't know how to say this. Not even a little bit. Because I didn't understand their logo. And I was like, oh, I'm such a dumbass. It's 9to5Google. It's pretty obvious. Um, this is Stadia's latest timed exclusive game is arcade co-op platformer Spitlings in 2020. I'd also like to point out that this isn't even an exclusive game. It's just timed exclusive. Timed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty hilarious. Um, so Google streaming platform launched one week ago with 22 titles and the promise of, uh, of a few more by year's end. The latest announced game for stadia is a timed exclusive called spitlings developed by massive mini team and published by handy games what uh this game is about is right in the name you take control of a spitling a charming rectangle creature um with teeth i like how they specify with teeth uh with teeth <laughs> it, it can spit and use and use to jump uh the goal of the game is clear E, or the goal of the game is clear each level of all bubbles by popping them with your spit. This is interesting. Uh, this co-op multiplayer uh, can be played solo or with up to four players. It totes. Uh, it's toted as being made to be played with friends and the first title from this studio over a hundred uh, over a hundred levels to start with uh, we'll make sure you never run out of challenges keep playing to unlock new music tracks uh, okay that doesn't necessarily matter uh, launching in 2020 <laughs> spitlinks is stadia's latest timed exclusive after guilt um, as well as get packed and orcs must die sometime next year following the google launch it will uh, come to PC, Sony, PlayStation 4, uh, Microsoft, Xbox, and 
Nintendo Switch. Meanwhile, okay, that doesn't really matter. Um, so, <laughs> one, how weird do you guys find it that it says Microsoft Xbox, not Xbox One? Well, um, they're not in the gaming space, it seems like. Yeah, that is that is a good point. Uh, and two, do you guys think this game looks cool? Big Josh Boy is a big fan of multiplayer games. So are you going to play this game? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think it could be fun. It looks wacky and chaotic. I don't know how long it would grab my attention, which is kind of like, okay, so here's the thing. Google Stadia, I think this is, uh, obviously these are the type of moves that they need to make to kind of shadow the fact that they had a huge, huge failure of a launch. Um, they need these these timed exclusives. They need these. You can only play these on this platform. But I think what the problem with Stadia in general is, this is like the perfect game that you would see for something like Apple Arcade. And the reason why is because it's a silly little game. It would probably be something you'd want to try out and play co-op with friends. But I don't know how long you would really like. You're not gonna you know try to perfect being the best there is at spitlings i mean at me if i'm wrong but (laughs) like this game it looks like it would be good to just get with a couple people have a fun time and then probably pick it up every so often again i don't know if this is a game that if i had google stadia this would really be the hard hitter like Mm -hmm. this is why i need to get stadia because then you also have to buy this game when you have stadia like with Apple Arcade, it makes sense because it's just that subscription model. This comes up and it's like, hey, it's an exclusive. And you're like, oh, this is one of the benefits. I already have this game. I could try it out. I can play this with my friends. I can, you know, there's this like downstream effect of it being a benefactor to a subscription model as opposed to these one-off titles that most people aren't really going to buy into. Like Google Stadia honestly needs more heavy hitters. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about it, Chris? Um, I'm just trying to figure out what kind of audience Stadia is getting, uh, trying to get, right? Because their launch lineup was all AAA, big games, and then now we're hearing all these exclusives being like little kind of indie titles, right? That doesn't necessarily appeal to the core audience of gamers that they're trying to get on Stadia, right? Um, So I don't know. It's just, it's kind of weird to me. Um, I think I, I, I agree with you. I, I believe that Stadia should be trying to get uh, bigger exclusives. But, you know, Spitlings s- seems like a really fun game. I, I, I just watched the trailer now, actually, just to, just to be up to date. And, yeah, it, it, I love the style of it. It looks looks great. It kind of reminds me of, like, Rumbo, that kind of, like, visual style. It's very striking, very colourful. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it seems like a fun multiplayer game to me. So yeah, I think once it comes to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, I think that, um, it'd be quite fun to play. But I don't think it's that big title that Google needs right now. I love the yeah. Once it comes to these other platforms, it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think it's going to be the killer app that gets people to buy Stadia either. I didn't actually even think that this would have been a perfect game for Apple Arcade until you brought it up, Josh, because that's. Actually, that's a hundred percent true. This totally looks like a game that would be at home on Apple Arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I. This is just such a weird move for Stadia. I feel like they're both trying to get quality and quantity, and it's like, dude, you just 
pick one at this point. Just try to like get as many triple A's as you can, or just Giga try has to so show much as many money. games on it. Just yeah. flout it. Just flout it. Just bring it. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know what's happening, let alone, like, stuff's going on with Stadia. They had the bad launch, and then um, in a most recent, like, press release, they basically, like, seemingly blamed developers for not having 4K 60 FPS, like, streams. There's just a whole lot of shit going, and, like, people not even getting their, like, their, uh, what is it, like, Chromecast Ultras or something like that, and their, their controllers until like days after release and stuff like that like there's a whole bunch of shit going on with stadia do you guys think it's do you guys think it's going to have like the the longevity do you think it's going to go for a while or do you think google's just going to shutter it like they did all of their other platforms (laughs) i don't i don't think they're gonna i mean i'm not saying immediately by the way just in general like down the down the road or whatever I mean that that's a loaded question because obviously it depends on the adaptation to is it a marketable or profitable type of <laughs> endeavor for Google? Uh I think that Google could probably stick with it because here's the thing everyone's making a race for being that next you know the next netflix of gaming we see it in just about every different area we see it in apple arcade we see it in microsoft doing uh, game pass we see it with playstation now like everyone's trying to get their users into an ecosystem that funnels them into some type of system where they're constantly shelling out money and google has a good market when you think about a consumer who doesn't want to pay for a console and wants to experience games in a high fidelity way, but doesn't want to shell out the money for it. But the problem is their their strategy for it is kind of wonky because you also have to pay for you know every single game. You have to pay for a subscription model. You have to pay for uh, possibly their you know Chromecast Ultra anyway if you want so you have to buy something at least at this but that's, stage. But that's the, the issue that you're mentioning the absolute issues of, of what Google State is going through right now. Um, it's it can be free to access like once it reaches that point, right? It, right? You can use your web browser, you can use your phone, but for some reason they've restricted it to Google Chromecast Ultras that are included in this bundle, right? So it goes against the whole idea of Stadia to, to begin with. So that's 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 terrible. Um, I also think they should have uh, launched later, um, possibly sure. with the PS5 and the next Xbox, so they can mm. so they can show people that okay, you don't have to pay four hundred five hundred dollars for the next big thing. We already have it here and on Stadia, and you can just access it on your web browser on your crappy computer, you know. Like they they should have done something like that to to really appeal to uh, low budget people you, you know who who just want to play a, a game at 1080p. Yeah, and I don't think that I I think that's still going to be something they'll market to as we get closer in. I don't necessarily think that their launch this early on was a bad mm-hmm. decision. I think that their marketing around it was terrible. Yeah. I think they should have called it what it is. This is, you know, they called this the founder's pack and that, that it kind of alludes to what they were going for, but they needed to be very clear that this was obviously going to be a beta run. You're paying uh-huh. into being the first P 
people who get their hands on this, who are able to, you know, provide that feedback and help them build out a service that when it comes time to the PS5 and the Xbox, they can say, hey, we've already gone through our beta phase. We've done all this work. We now have, you know, all the, the, the bugs out of there for at least the most part. And we have a service that really works to compete with those other teams. And that's not to say that they can't do that now, but there's a lot of negativity already around them. And it becomes yeah. much harder for them to build that trust with the people from you know just the nature of the fact that everyone from the games industry who has looked at this has basically said yeah this is a waste of your time so i don't think that it's something that google will still at this point just end up saying nope this is a flop and giving up Mm -hmm. but if in the next two years this doesn't become lucrative for sure there's no reason for them to stay on the market uh, something else I'd like to bring up is that uh, they made a colossal mistake by hiring Phil, Har- Phil Harrison because he's <laughs> he's headed up the PS3, the Xbox One, and uh, other platforms that have uh, in immediately failed <laughs> and then had to be picked up. Right, <laughs> so uh, I think honestly, Google needs to hire someone else, someone. Um, who can be innovative in the space and uh, can attract developers to the platform, right? And right. Um, what if they say, okay, Shamu 4, stay there exclusive. Like, we'll fund the next Shamu. Or, like, goodwill kind of stuff like that that will attract gamers to the platform. Like, those little things really make a difference. I think Xbox, like, for example, will gain a lot from the past generation because they've add, they've added... Uh, cross-platform play they've added uh, backwards compatibility right mm-hmm. um and they've gained that uh they've gained that good messaging again they've they've gained like uh, a positive response from the community so i think they're reaping the rewards of that and stadia should be looking at that yeah yeah i i i, I think xbox is definitely i know this is a little bit off topic but xbox is definitely setting themselves up to be a good competitor in the next phase <laughs> yeah. of uh this generation upcoming i don't know if they'll be able to break the you know the champion of playstation just because Mm. it does have a good stronghold in it but we'll see i mean i and granted it's already got me because i'm a game pass pc subscriber yeah so right i'm in from that sense uh even if i don't ever pick up their model i'm still giving and supporting to xbox so but here's the thing. I never thought, like, five years ago I'd be interested in getting an Xbox. Now I am. Mm. I, I'm definitely considering it. That's good. I, I mean, to, to my point, I was a 360 fan, uh, and I that was one of probably my favorite consoles, to be honest. Yeah. So I've always been uh, a fan of Xbox, but Xbox One, just there was nothing for me. Right. The thing that I feel like really sucks for Stadia, at least currently, is that around their bad launch, Microsoft comes out at XO 2018 and is like, hey, by the way, here's a big dick punch to Stadia. We're (laughs) doing Project X Cloud that will also be connected with Game Pass. So that's all their first party titles are on Game Pass and now they'll be on X Cloud. So in the future it's very possible that microsoft is essentially going to do the exact same thing they will say that hey if you want the boutique experience sure you could buy the console which is actually going to cost us money or 
You could just fucking play it online. You could play it online. I you could just stream. I kind of disagree a little bit because um, gaming on phones and tablets kind of makes you feel weary, right? Like, and that's the only platforms that XCloud is going to be on so far. If they do that on the PC, I think that attracts way more people. Yeah, and say he's doing that. It's uh, well, I mean, to be fair, it's. The Xbox Game Pass is already on PC. Um, it's restricted to like certain things, like Josh was saying. So, you you pretty much already got PC covered. But well, not really. If like you have a low end PC and you can't play the games, you know, like most yeah. people are like, you know, then right. uh, you can use Stadia or XCloud if they can uh, on PC through the web. Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, pretty much Microsoft is just dancing around. I I don't think that they've actually brought up anything about the internet speeds because, like, Stadia, somebody did tests, and it's like, um, what was it, like 100 megabits a minute to do 1080p with Stadia? Ooh. Ooh. Mm, Like an excessive amount of internet. That's pretty rough. (laughs) Yeah, let alone the fact, like, if you have a data cap, you're going to be boned. So. I I don't think streaming is the future, at least the future for right now. I mean, yeah, um, well, that's, I think that's we need thing. to focus on internet first. Yeah, our infrastructure is pretty crap, uh, especially here in the States. Like, And granted, Google is doing things to change that in many ways. Um, and they obviously have Google Fiber, which if you're on that, mm-hmm. I'm sure it runs much more effectively. But like, I don't think... I don't think that streaming isn't the future. Um, I think that it definitely will be, but I just think that Google is being very optimistic in where mm. the infrastructure is for this service. And I don't know if, like, like that's the big problem is, is kind of what you alluded to, Chris, is who's their audience, really? Because it's such yeah. a niche group where you have to be someone who has good internet, someone who doesn't already have a console but wants to play games, someone who wants to, you know, shell out the money and get a Chromecast Ultra. So, like, there's so many loops and, and, and hoops and barriers and things you got to jump through just to get to this point. And it's just not as accessible as Google needs it to be right now. So I, I just... I think that's going to be worked on over the, over the years. Oh, I, for sure. I think, I think, to me, Google uh, is having a marathon rather than a sprint. I yeah. think that's what's going on right now, and yeah. they're just laying the foundation. Yeah, I mean, and it's and I don't, I like I said, I don't think that they're going to just give up on this. I don't think that this is something that is going to be ultimately a failure, and definitely has promise. And I think that if they're, you know, very serious about this project, it can work. But there's definitely ch- changes that need to be made. Mm-hmm. And uh, having Spitlings as an exclusive is nice, but it's not a serious move uh, in terms of the industry. Right. I don't know if this is going to, you know, break no. the uh, break the mold here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, two. Uh, we've we've talked a couple times about we brought up the Chromecast Ultra thing. I believe, uh, if you were part of the Founders Edition, you could actually access the browser version. You just had to get your digital code first. Mm. Um, <sighs> but I'm not a hundred percent sure. That's right okay. There's now. no way to know. Yeah, 100%. No way to know. I'm definitely not looking at an article right now trying to scan it. Uh, let's <laughs> hop, let's go to a break, and when we come back, we are going to get into news cram and then talk about some awesome indie games over on Kickstarter. Hell yeah. Ooh. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back from our break. Uh, and it's it's time for us to hop into News Cram. News Cram. Cram, cram, cram. That was a lot of excitement there. You guys sounded really into it. That's... I'm, I'm ready to get crammed. It's, it's probably <laughs> my in, favorite son. thing of the week. Is getting crammed? Is getting crammed. It's a, it's a whole thing. <laughs> is it your favorite, Chris? Do you just love being crammed? Cram, 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 cram. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of him as like a Pokemon there. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that did straight up sound like some Pokemon. All right. Uh, News Cram is our weekly wrap-up segment where we, the hosts of Indie Recursion and Indie Games Podcast and guest, uh, cram you full of all sorts of Indie Games news this week. We've got uh, technically a bunch of news stories, but not any we're going to go super deep into. Uh, and then we're going to hop about some new stuff, which is basically all it is this week. Uh, so our first five items in new stuff come by way of Nintendo Life, where it's reported that co-op dungeon crawler Riverbond will be headed to the Nintendo Switch on December 10th and will cost twenty four ninety nine. So Chris is obviously super stoked about Riverbond. Yeah, it sounds like he's just dying of excitement. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's nice, Yawn. <laughs> <laughs> You're not just chomping at the bit to play this co-op dungeon crawl. This looks boring as fuck. Whoa! <laughs> it's damn. so repetitive. Like there's no depth to it. It's just like bam, 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 done. Bam, bam, bam. That's it. That's all you do. That's what the kids it looks like. Love. Trove. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as well as twin stick shooter Space Pioneer, which will hit eShop shelves on December sixth for nine ninety nine. You you want to shit on that one too? That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, ten out of ten. <laughs> this is a glowing endorsement. Uh, Bullet Hell Rhythm Game Just Shapes and Beats is getting a new DLC in which you'll play. Uh, you'll be given several remixed Shovel Knight tracks. This, this is update sick. is completely free to those who've already purchased the game and will roll out on December 4th. This one you're legitimately excited about. This is fucking sick. <laughs> Shovel Knight music, dude. It's awesome. It's great. It's good yeah, every, every time, because we've had stories like this in the past of just shapes and beats, and every time I see it, I'm always like, man, I really gotta get this game. I feel like this is definitely something I would enjoy. Yeah. Uh, this next one for all of those physical indie games fans out there that might be listening, as, as for me. Um, surreal <laughs> puzzle listening? game. <laughs> Actually, I do. I listen to every episode. <laughs> uh, surreal <laughs> puzzle game, The Gardens Between, is getting a physical release through spe- Super Rare Games with pre-orders going live on November 28th. Uh, November 28th is actually the day that this is going to go up because I am actually uploading this on Thursday instead of Friday so that anybody standing in Black Friday lines can actually listen to it. I oh, felt like that was smart. a nice thing to do. Yeah, yeah, super smart. Wow. I was just thinking uh, today, I was like, maybe we should change our thing to Thursday. But obviously that's, you know, more work from an editing standpoint to get it done in a day. But I feel like, because I feel like a lot of people don't actually listen to podcasts on Friday. Because it's like end of the week and they're like, fuck it, got a party. Oh, 
thanks a lot, guy. <laughs> no, 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 no. We release it on Monday, but we record on Friday, right? Guys. Uh, see, Sorry. that's different. Yeah. I'm being dumb. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Monday's a good Monday's a good day because Monday is Monday's like when people day. hate themselves and they're like, "Fuck, don't want to start yeah. the work week," <laughs> and then they're like, "Let me fucking just jam out to some active quest." Yeah, I Thanks listen to it every week. See, there you go. <laughs> I listen to you guys every week too. Oh, this circle see, jerk. See, people is great. listen on Friday. You turd. <laughs> he didn't say he listened on Friday. He could be like, I listened on Wednesday, actually. Nah, shit, you got me there. <laughs> I actually listen to multiple podcasts on Friday. There's like the the uh, kind of funny podcast, Sacred Symbols, uh, GameSpot, After Dark. I listen to all those guys on Friday. I hate that Bring back because... the morning show. <laughs> Bring back the morning show. I hate that because I love GameSpot After Dark, but I'm always like, oh, it's on a Friday, and that's when like the weekend starts, and then I'm like, I guess I'll just get to it on like Monday. But I really that's like my slowest day at work is on Fridays. So then I just get to listen to freaking Tamor. For some reason, him saying damn is like music to my ears. I fucking love it. (laughs) It's fantastic. It's my favorite. Uh, And lastly, Bomberman inspired bird tournament game Pawn Poo will be headed to the Nintendo Switch and other platforms sometime in Q2 2020. Nothing to say about that one? (laughs) Yeah, about that. Pompey. <laughs> this looks creepy I mean, as fuck. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> what the hell? I don't 100% know if it's actually pronounced Ponpu. It's P-O-N-P-U. So. I assume it would be No Pompu. idea. It looks well made, but yeah, creepy. The, the animation looks super, like, super smooth. I don't know. I, I like the way the little characters bounce, but they yeah. do look creepy as fuck. <laughs> that was also the creepiest way to say you like animation is say you like the way they bounce. They they're all bouncy boys. <laughs> they, they bounce. Bounce. <laughs> Alright, I'll take your word for it. Uh now moving over to Polygon where it's reported that you can get a copy of narrative exploration game Gone Home's soundtrack on cassette. This is available wow. exclusively through Super Kill easy. Rock Stars Bandcamp for a mere seven dollars. I'm assuming hmm. you're also gonna have to pay shipping, by the way. So mm. maybe like ten, but still. It's pretty cool. This is cool. I mean super useless, but yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah well, put well, it in well, my there, there are people that could, that are starting to collect cassettes again. Actually, so. yeah, like getting just, in on that market. Just get record players. What are you? What are you doing? What are these cassettes? <laughs> Ooh, you... speaking of record players, we're now over on Twinfinite, where it's reported that Hollow Knight soundtrack is officially getting a full piano collector's edition, which nice. will release not only on vinyl but also CD and screen music sometime in early 2020. I think the screen wow. music is especially cool because it's just like way back when when we reported that, uh, or when we talked about how somebody else reported that uh, <laughs> Cuphead was actually getting its music put out in screen music so people could learn how to play oh, i think that's schools. really dope yeah it was pretty yeah cool. yeah yeah this is, is really all cool. super cool I'm, I'm where's really the honest? damn cassette no it's the damn cassette <laughs> <laughs> come on guys I, no i'm gonna be honest like i kind of want that vinyl <laughs> yeah are you a big vinyl guys that way you're talking shit about cassettes you're like guys shut the fuck up like make them make more vinyl i don't want cassettes <laughs> I'd rather have a vinyl. And the, the, the cover to the vinyl actually looks pretty cool. It does. It looks really, really cool. I like it a lot. See? I ain't crazy. This is the one time I'm, like, okay with physical goods. So you should definitely just hop on uh, my side here, Vaughn. Vinyl is the only time you're okay with physical goods? 
This is the only time on the podcast I've said good stuff about it. Otherwise, I'm literally just like, no, stop wasting your money, Vaughn, you freaking idiot. That's a good point. If you didn't know, I Am 8-Bit actually has an amazing selection of vinyl that they're doing uh, Black Friday deals on. Yo. I got to check this out. (laughs) Yeah, did you not know that? That I Am 8-Bit has a shitload of vinyl? Nope. Yeah, yeah. They're like, almost their entire website is like indie game vinyls now. It's really, really cool. All right, let's check this out. I mean, you can keep talking, (laughs) but I'm going to check this out. All right. Uh, As well as the news that the beautiful and atmospheric 2D side-scroller Grease is finally available on PlayStation 4 as of this recording. I'm actually super stoked to play this. I've been waiting for a while, even though I'm probably just going to buy the statue that came with the PC code. That's, yeah, that's probably what I'm going to (laughs) do. You're a fool. Ooh, they got the Cuphead vinyl soundtrack. Damn. Damn. I can't believe you didn't know about that. Damn. I feel cool now. I'm a tastemaker. So, Not so, really. I just I just told you. You're so cool. Thank you. Thank you. You're Are welcome. you excited for Greece on PS4, Chris? I honestly don't know too much about this, but uh, it looks beautiful, and uh, perhaps I'll play it at some point. Maybe when it joins PlayStation Plus. <laughs> just <kidding>. All right. <laughs> Uh, and lastly, GameSpot reports that 3D platformer A Hat in Time is getting some interesting new MMO-like features, including the ability to play with up to 50 players in a new online party <laughs> mode, as well as new, a new sticker system that will There's allow you to customize your weapon. Yeah, you must be real tired, dude. Yeah. I can't believe you came to this <laughs> podcast so tired. I know. I Here's the thing, right? <laughs> this is one of two games that made me... Uh, not want to back a game on Kickstarter anymore. Oh uh, shit! I was Josh really likes this dis- game. <laughs> I was really disappointed in the hat and get in in time. What um, really? I, yeah, You're I such think a fool. It, I, I, <laughs> oh I could be, but like to me, it's the platforming, um, the performance on PC, the um, and uh, I don't know, just just something about the, the graphic style as well. It just doesn't appeal to me anymore. I, I just I don't know why. I don't know why. <sighs> at the up. time I backed it. You know, I. <laughs> you know what, Chris? I, I was into it, but now, nah. Look, am I a... the only one who heard you say you played a game on PC? I tried to play on PC. Yeah, see, it sounds because like... I wasn't given the PS4 or PS4 option. Oh, right? that's a good point. Yeah, it didn't actually come to consoles and that until pissed a while me off. later. Yeah, <laughs> see, that's that's a different story, though. All right, and it's okay, Chris. It's sometimes it's okay. To I got be a wrong. bloody PC version of the game. <laughs> It's okay to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't I, like 2D Mario games, so I'm probably very wrong. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, I, I mean, here's the thing. I, like, I, I understand the, the art style to it um, and the animation to it. Like, it, it's a little clunky. Like, I won't lie. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, I don't know. It, there was it some... just felt too out there. Like, mm. the, the personality of it was just way too nuts for me to... Really uh, see, I enjoyed it. that I part just, of it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's felt okay. too European to me. European. Well, that's what. Not, <laughs> it's not uh, not what I would have classified it as, but <laughs> <laughs> not your tup uh, tup cup of tea. Not my cup of tea, sir. No, I guess not. All right, that's okay. Anyway, well, good on them. I guess Chris will never find out what those elements are. Speaking of European and being your cup of tea, let's hop in to God Bless the Crowd. This is our segment 
where we, I mean, just hop into all sorts of awesome indie game. Like, uh, well, we hop into crowdfunding sites and talk about indie games. I don't know why I just did that all weird. I got super jumbled up because I didn't read what I wrote. That's okay. So reading is hard. <laughs> it is for me at least. Yeah, because I'm an idiot. So that's okay. No big deal. Uh, this is where Big Josh Boy hops into all sorts of different crowdfunding sites, finds some awesome indie games for us to talk about. I'm super excited for this one. Not really. It's called Football Woo! Story. It's <laughs> I'm Football Story will put your skills to the test in fun matches and tug at your heartstrings in a narrative-driven campaign. They are currently uh, going for 30000 That's their goal. They have 934 as of this recording, and they have uh, 47 backers with 30 days left to go. Are you guys stoked for this game? Obviously, Chris has a bias because he uh, he's from I across like football, the pond. Mate. His dad was a yeah, soccer ball. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I think he just killed him. Jesus. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> football I was going to anyway. throw hands over fucking Star Wars and you just murdered him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for not liking a hat in time. <laughs> oh my god. So, Chris, you're super stoked about Football Story. Yeah, dude. It looks amazing. Um, I, 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 like, I love the, gra- the graphic style, the narration, the narrative driven single player campaign with a sports title is very rare. <laughs> yep. uh, and this one seems pretty good it seems heartfelt unlike the FIFA games you know where it's very corporate and <laughs> so <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like Golf Story or something you know like that kind of it gives me that kind of feel to it yeah I think that was definitely something they pulled inspiration from um, <laughs> The one of the reasons why I like this uh, is kind of a weird reason it's almost a nostalgia thing uh, there used to be these games called, uh, like, I think it was something like Backyard and then a sports title. Backyard Baseball? Ba- yeah, like, like Backyard Baseball. <laughs> yeah, those backyard. are fucking awesome. Yeah, so there used to be one that was Backyard Soccer, and the gameplay of the actual soccer reminds me a lot of how it was set up. And I don't know, I just loved that game when I was a kid. It reminds me a lot of it. And I think that, yes, adding that single-player like element of there's an actual story to this game is definitely appealing from a sports game. Because, I mean, that's one of the reasons why, in, generally, in sports game, I'm not a big fan is because it's, it's very repetitive and just playing the match. And then it's like, okay, well, here's another match. Okay, well, here's another match. And it's like, it's a good palate cleanser to give that, oh, there's an actual story in between all of those different matches that you're playing and you're building out your character to then... Mm have certain you know certain elements of the game that are happening will passively affect your character and how they actually play on the soccer field is definitely something that is appealing yeah this is from the kickstarter here it says you can even improve your skills while moving around the city take your ball with you and kick it around as you go be careful though some grumpy citizens might get upset or distracted by you, resulting in them uh, filing a complaint with the police. If enough complaints are filed, you will get a ticket from the local law enforcement for disturbing the peace. So I, I do like elements like that. Like there's an actual uh, world to explore in this game, and it has personality to it. And um, but you can see that from the animations too that they really put a lot of effort into this. So I, I really hope uh, this game 
does get uh, funded, but it doesn't seem like it so far. It isn't isn't getting that much of a push right now. Yeah, but there, I mean, that's true. Uh, I think probably one of the reasons is they don't have a lot of backers on the higher tiers that they've offered. Right. Um, and granted, it's because, I mean, just looking through a lot of them, I'm not sure they all sound that appealing. Um, you can design a football field? Yeah. It's, it's fucking grass. It's I the mean, ground. But wouldn't it be cool if you designed it and it was weird, like, Bowser's Castle kind of a thing? And, like, you can't kick it off to the side because it'll fall in a lava pit. And then you have to fight. Mo- like, maybe, like, zombies come out of the ground also as, like, weird uh, disruptive referees that, you know, don't actually help you or make calls. But they just try to attack you and steal the ball. And then if you let them get the ball and they eat it, then ugh, it's a whole different thing. You only have so many balls. And then it's a, a tie game and nobody wins. And there's so many things you could do in this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it sounds like Josh pledged uh, $2,500 or more to this campaign. <laughs> <laughs> well, this does have a sign-up reward uh, with glowing sneakers and fancy clothes. <laughs> so if you want those gold sneakers in the game, yeah. you, gotta, you gotta pay up. Clearly. Pay up. Now, granted, they still they still have 30 days, so this is you know, they're, this just started uh, recently. Yeah. Um, but $30,000 is a pretty high goal, um, especially with the amount of money that they have for their pledges because the lowest you can buy into this is literally just $12 for the game as the early bird price and yeah, then $15 little, is the yeah. game. So you really have to have a lot of people backing this project to hit mm-hmm, $30,000. Mm-hmm. Um that's not to say I don't think they can, but they definitely need to up their marketing game to get this kind of off the ground. Yeah, and also, uh, I don't know if this is a thing on Kickstarter, but this is based in San Diego, California, where, and I think, like, due to the algorithm, maybe they want to appeal more to the British or uh, South American uh, audience to, to get this uh, funded, right? But it doesn't seem like... It, like, America is not a big thing here, you know? In North America. Yeah, that's a good point, but I mean... Maybe if they called it Soccer Story. Soccer Story. <laughs> <laughs> I so. Wait, I wanted my American football, damn it! <laughs> I mean, they're actually... Like, I'm not even joking. They're, I think there literally is a game that just came out on the Switch called Football Story that is football. Mm, <laughs> that's interesting. I wonder right. if that's actually true or if you're full of shit. I swear to God, <laughs> it came out like last week. Uh... <laughs> When I type football story, the first thing that comes up is this uh, this logo for soccer. So I don't know. I gotta find what it was. I'm sure it's soccer story. It's alliteration there too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But regardless, I think that this is from from this game or not this game, but from Kickstarter. This is generally global, at least from my understanding. So I don't think that that should be an issue. Like we see all the time. developers from different areas who and it's also one of the things that's always weird because the currency exchange rate can always get very confusing uh when first looking at it because it'll be like in uh, a currency where the exchange rate is super high where it'll be like 200 of theirs which will equate to like you know the normal like 15 dollars price that you would pay for a kickstarter buy-in for the low tier so it's always like oh what is that i'm not gonna pay 200 dollars, but then you're like oh okay it makes sense so i don't i don't think that um 
it's really a lack of the 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 area, so to speak. Um, but they probably could push harder in those those areas and i don't know exactly how to do that from a marketing perspective of how do you right. reach out to those audience that's not my forte um but that's a good point is that's probably the places they want to start reaching out to is areas uh of that nature just because the states aren't really soccer based if it's not the world cup no. really we don't care right right um and uh, something else i wanted to mention is that that it's coming out in November 2020, they're saying, and it looks pretty complete already from the footage we've seen so far. So, uh, I think they can meet that goal, and that's what's making me want to try Kickstarter again because it seems like an almost complete product. Yeah, we've we've talked about this on the the show a lot about how there's such a difference in the games that are shown just the different stage that they're in it is interesting that they're asking for thirty thousand dollars that's a lot does, actually it yeah. does seem you know pretty fleshed out from what we can see in a lot of the you know the the images and the videos that they're showing um i'm trying to see really quickly if they do have a breakdown of where this money is going to some kickstarters will give do. you a, a, an actual breakdown of where each part of the the budget is god there's so much crap for this <laughs> they're like uh, <laughs> tears the in-game content that you get uh i'm not seeing anything though so i do i do wonder what exactly they're pushing yeah. all of that to they are saying this is the last little push to finalize the game and we need your help to do it so you'll be a crucial part of shaping the future of the game in more ways than one you'll have early access to everything we do in some form or, or another so you can offer feedback and suggestions that will endlessly improve the game so it seems like you want to get more feedback than anything really but i don't know what it, it shouldn't really cost that much to finalize the the game right well i mean it it depends because you know we're looking at it from a a a three minute trailer that obviously they can clip it in a way that makes it look very flushed out in comparison to the back end of you know this is one scene we've technically only seen in there like most of the story for one of the main characters when apparently there's four characters so maybe it's oh, that I didn't even know that. yeah so they they have four different yeah one single... of them's like 40 fucking years old <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is a little strange um but so we haven't really seen too much of the of the the other characters other than small snippets so i wonder if that's more of what they're doing they're finishing like those storylines or building out the functionality for multiplayer which they're talking about which for cross-platform i think obviously there is a good amount of work that goes into that i just i you know i wish i knew where their money was really going to i i think it's definitely something from a transparency sake that i appreciate when they from a kickstarter perspective give that information yes um but i assume it would be something to the the nature of those uh those aspects so i would like to give an update there is not a game called football story there's a game called Football Game. That is what I was thinking of. <laughs> That's so there's, <laughs> there's a game that came to Nintendo Switch. There's a story on Nintendo Life that was written on the 5th of November, and it's called Football Game. <laughs> All right. That's what I was thinking about. And this is a legitimate football game. So <laughs> that's what I was thinking about. But, Chris, can I get your opinion on this? How do you feel <laughs> about this $5 tier that you get your name in the credits? Am I the only one who fucking hates this shit? Me too. Yeah, I do too. It's got zero backers. 
Yeah, because yeah. nobody wants their fucking name in the credits. At least, like, if I if I was a game developer, I'd say, okay, $5, five dollars for early access in the game, and then if you want, upgrade it to the full version when it comes out or whatever. Yeah. yeah, there's the idea with Patreon that your first two tiers should be the ones that give you, or at least I've heard from a couple different people, but their first two tiers should be the ones that give you the most because those are going to be the ones who subscribe the most. And then your higher tiers should technically like give you more value, but in more of a, like a, like in kind of an objective way like technically it's not more value because you're not getting the content but you get cool stuff you wanted um so i've always felt like the five dollar tier was so weird because it offers you basically nothing it's like you get recognition and that's it and even then like most people don't actually sit through the credits of games anymore i guess somebody might just to see if their name's in it now yeah but that's the people who put the five dollars in would do that yeah no one else cares (laughs) <laughs> which means that they not only put this five dollars in but then they also possibly like waited for the game to come out bought it and then played it just to see if their name popped up in the credits i mean granted <laughs> that's you know good for them to to support the developer that they're all about but yeah it is kind of a weird like stupid narcissistic thing that makes no sense <laughs> Uh, yeah, this game looks pretty cool. I realized that I haven't talked much about it. I literally spent, like, the entire time you guys were talking trying to find that football game. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I swear to God, I saw this on Nintendo Life, like, last week, because I actually, like, put it in uh, Newscram, I think. Yeah, this game looks pretty interesting. I actually initially thought in the trailer how it said that you could, like, choose your own hero or whatever i thought you got to make your own soccer player but you don't it's only the four characters but it still seems really cool because you get to affect them in those with those like rpg elements i think that's really cool like you said it seems to be like inspired by golf story um, there's a team management system as well that we haven't even talked about right that's cool Ooh, team management what is that but you manage your team and how they act like in the, the football team you're in that's kind of interesting. Yeah. This seems to this game seems to be much deeper than just your standard like soccer game or football game, however mm-hmm. you want to say mm-hmm. it. Your your standard sports game and I actually really like that. That was something that was really like that's that's mainly the reason why like Golf Story was held in such high regard is because it's not just another like sports game. It was so much more. Mhm. I think this game's pretty cool. I, I'm going to be honest. I wouldn't think about backing it because I don't give two shits about sports in general. But I think it is really cool that they're adding in all these other gameplay elements. And I like that this game is not just about soccer, but also your character's life outside of it. I think that's really dope. The, the RPG elements are more interesting than the soccer gameplay, to be honest to me. Yeah. Yeah, this, I'm going to be... Once again... Uh, just me shitting on stuff. I I don't think the gameplay looks that interesting at all. It <laughs> okay. it just looks weird. Like you're just slowly passing a ball between each other. It doesn't seem to be like I don't know. It do, it doesn't seem to be very gameplay heavy. It just mm-hmm. I don't know. It could almost like look like it's just autoplay. <laughs> Oof! What a way to end this. <laughs> <laughs> Good, yeah, that definitely makes sense. So let's hop in. Let's wind this down and hop into some random questions. We got two from the same person. Okay, guys, this is Chase Hopkins, my best friend, frequent writer of 
uh, our random questions. He actually like makes sure every time to put a question in there because he's You're a cool awesome, kid. Dude. Chris like Penwell it. also frequently writes in. Thank you very yeah. much for that. It's no very worries, nice I find it me. fun. Sending questions. (laughs) I always try to write into you guys, especially when it's weird shit like principal porn. I like have to make sure I write (laughs) into that. Yeah, yeah. And I Um, love how seemingly he can't live that down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's hilarious. I find it so funny. Um, So, but I do have a bone to pick with you guys. uh Oh, Oh, go for it. What's your? You did not answer my question properly. Oh, uh, no, because it was didn't. TV shows. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, there were good answers like Adventure Time. Yeah, that, that's that's a good pick for that. Uh, with Way Forward, and then I can't remember yours one. It was an anime. <laughs> oh right, yeah, that's why I can't remember. No anime. <laughs> Only hentai. So uh, Chase oh, writes in and says, <laughs> "His first question is: When do you consider?" A person as a celebrity. So this could be they are just featured on TV. They could be like radio hosts. They could be anything. How do you guys consider like how do you guys consider when a person like reaches this form of fandom? Uh, Let's start with Chris. How do you feel about it? Since Josh was trying to start and I just totally took it away. I think there's multiple echelons of uh, celebrity. There's the uh, internet celebrity. um, And then there's the uh, I don't know, just a general celebrity, and then you have the superstar, right? So internet celebrities like okay, you're you're fairly known on YouTube or Twitter or something like that, but you you're not over like a million, two million subscribers or something or followers, right? And then you have the celebrities that are on like films and things, and they that you know their faces, but. Um, and, and you know where they're from, but you're not like super engaged with them. And then there's like the superstars who uh, so many people like, like The Rock or uh, Taylor Swift or something like that, you know? Mm. Yeah, the people that you would walk Tay-tay. by on the street and immediately notice. Yeah, yeah. Taylor mm-hmm. Swift's listening to this shitty little indie games podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? You don't know what she likes. That's a good point. Maybe she loves indie games. Big Josh, I mean, I would really feel bad for her having listened to the opening, like, 15 minutes, me talking about you smashing your ass against urinals. But <laughs> Maybe she's into that. I don't know. <laughs> Taylor Swift could be into some, like, raunchy stuff. That's a good uh, point. I'd say it's probably bad for her brand, though. If she I mean, was caught listening to this, expo- <laughs> like, explicit podcast. I mean, no one's going to catch her listening to it. She just listens to it with no one knowing. She like it's like sneaking snacks. She just like yeah, goes yeah, yeah. into a corner and starts listening to it. The Indian Incursion podcast is Taylor Swift's dirty little secret. Quote me on this. <laughs> all right, <laughs> it's gonna be our new tagline. It's That's, not gonna be an indie we're, games. We're podcast. gonna make that as a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I love how this has become a bit. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Big Josh boy, uh, when do you consider a person to be a celebrity? Uh, I don't know. I don't really care about celebrities. Um, <laughs> damn, we're just not answering anybody's questions no, properly. I mean, because I, it's such a weird question. Like, granted, not weird, and like, it's a bad question. It's a good question where I just don't really have a good explanation for it. And one, I really just want to bring this up again because my first thought was, oh, I'll go to Webster Dictionary to do the joke of Webster Dictionary defines celebrity as they literally called it just 
they said the state of being celebrated or a famous or celebrated person. What kind of bullshit like, is that? You, yeah, they basically use the word in the definition. You're like, yeah. thanks, dickheads. <laughs> that, you, you're not supposed to do that. That's like the one rule of defining things. I, I, I'm just imagining Fawn just leaving a room like uh, at work or something, and he says, thanks, dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> I think, honestly, I, I do agree with Chris's point of it's very, there's varying degrees of celebrity and it's basically just, you consider someone a celebrity, uh, especially since it's all very relative to your perception of that person, you literally just think of them as a celebrity if you think other people know them and in a popular way. Like, it doesn't have to be an opinion of whether they're good or whether they're bad or, you know, positive or negative. It's just, do other people know this person who are, mm-hmm. they generally just know them from other outlets as opposed to just in-person meeting them? I wouldn't say Greg Miller is a celebrity, but he's a celebrity within our inner circle. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, that's a great point, is like, a lot of the people from the games industry are not celebrities. But would I consider them? Yeah, because if I saw, you know fucking like max scoville or brian altano on the streets i'd be like oh shit what the like that would be crazy yeah. to me because i met greg miller he's awesome i mean that's awesome i wish i did but i probably won't ever say that anyway um <laughs> the point the point is it's just basically do people know like does another person know that person not from meeting them then they're pretty much a celebrity yeah, that's pretty much how I feel about it, is, like, just a person that other people know, like, a well-known person. You don't have to be, the like, the biggest celebrity ever. You just have to... The, I I would say it's, like, somebody who's instantly recognizable. And it yeah. doesn't matter, like, if they're instantly recognizable to everyone, mm-hmm. just anyone kind of a thing. Like, fucking Barney, I don't know. Just anybody can be <laughs> instantly recognizable. Like the dinosaur? <laughs> Yeah, because that leads into this next question. Who was your first ever celebrity crush, and do you fuck? still have a crush on them? Are you about to oh tell God, us that, that you crushed hard on Barney? No! <laughs> I'm so glad that you guys caught on to that. No, that's not at all what I'm uh, going to say, but oh, I'm glad say, that you guys followed that. <laughs> it's all about, uh, what was her name from Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Jessica... Jessica, Jessica Rabbit. Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit. Was it Jessica Rabbit? Is that her last name? Yeah, but, yeah his yeah. name is Roger Rabbit. It's his wife. It's his wife? Man, I don't I haven't watched that in forever. Anyway, yeah, man, she's a hottie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that your first celebrity crush was oh, Jessica definitely Rabbit? Not. Definitely not. But <laughs> uh I feel like so we we kind of talked about this before the podcast. I I don't really know. I don't really crush too hard on celebrities in general i think my first would probably be britney spears because back in the day i used to watch a lot of like nickelodeon and like kids cartoon shows and she always had like one of the big things about nickelodeon was they used to do this like every end of the week they did like these music video battles of like what's the top five music videos going on right now and like hers always played and so I feel like it was one of those things where it was just she was constantly there. And, you know, like all of her music videos were her in very either tight, weird spandex suits or the like skimpy clothes, like school uniform outfits. So I would assume it would be Britney Spears. But then again, when I looked at it like now, I definitely am not attracted to Britney Spears. So I don't know. <laughs> I guess I just had different opinions back then. Leave like, Britney alone. Leave Britney <laughs> <Yeah>. alone. <laughs> yeah, peak attraction is when she shaved her head. 
That's where it is. <laughs> Nothing like no. a bald lady to get you going. <laughs> so, Chris, who was your first celebrity crush, and are you still into them? I should say, Josh, are you still into Britney Spears? I mean, I I pretty much answered that, didn't I? <laughs> no. Yeah, you're not. Because she's she grew yeah. her hair back. Look, she she's a great lady, I assume, but she's just not doing it for me, and that's okay. <laughs> All right, Chris, your first well, celebrity I, crush. Who was it? Well, I first want to say that everyone can be attractive in their own way. For so sure. Does that? Um, but my first celebrity crush was Vanessa Hudgens uh, from uh, High School Musical. Ah. Uh, Yes, hmm. that's, my, that's that's as far back as I can go. Yeah, so uh, it'd be definitely Vanessa Hudgens. Wow, and that's yes, awesome. she's she's uh, attractive right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is she the reason that you're just the biggest fan of High School Musical now? You just well, got posters yeah. everywhere. The, the, you're just like okay, super okay. fan. You gotta get your head. It's the, the thing. Game. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> the thing. I I watched High School Musical because she was attractive, and then. High School Musical, I, I actually do like quite a bit. I'm not going to lie, I actually like it too. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, I, I do like other musicals too because of it. You know, it was the entry entry point. Into yeah, the musicals. gateway drug, if you will. The gateway drug, yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't think I've ever actually seen any of the High School Musical, uh, <laughs> like, movies, and... I fucking hate musicals because of sing talking. It bothers me so much. I hate it. Like when they 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 just speak a sentence but they sing it. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Yeah, me too. Actually, yeah. The That's worst. the reason why I stopped watching Into the Woods. Actually, I I tried watching that film and like three minutes in, I'm like, nah, this is just annoying as fuck. And then I- it's obviously like auto tuned as well, so it sounds extra awful. <laughs> An auto tune. I yeah. <laughs> I did the same thing with Into the Woods. I actually didn't know it was a musical, and then like started. I was like, "Nah, fuck this." <laughs> Not even a little bit. This is regret. so annoying. <laughs> so I'm glad that you guys chose real people because my first ever celebrity crush is one of two people because I can't remember which one came first. One, Danny Phantom's mom. She hot. Let's be real. <laughs> She's a ginger. She could get it. Okay. And were you yes. also into Dexter's mom then? I'm still into it. Oh my shit! God. You got me there. Dexter's maybe mom got three. a big old booty. Yeah, maybe. Hey, uh, she, Mrs. Incredible. She's in. thick. Damn it, guys! There's like <laughs> maybe like like five or six now. There's a bunch of thick anim- <laughs> thick animated chicks. Um, and the other one I was going to say before I really went down the rabbit hole of all these hot animated women is Meg from Hercules. She hot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not a ginger. A little bit disappointing, but you know, like, that's cool. She, like, married to ginger, so if she was real, she might be into me. I don't got muscles. I got, like, (laughs) fat, though, so. Mm. Right. I don't know. I don't know about that. Okay, hold up. Is is your fiancé ginger? No. She's got brown hair. Yeah, it's disappointing. (laughs) I know. I was going to say, like, (laughs) what are you doing? (laughs) <laughs> Actually, I'm single. So, I have no problem whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so last week, uh, I actually so I like went on the whole thing about Kate Dennings or Cat Dennings. Oh and my then god! Chase, like the next morning or when he had listened to it, he's like, "The weirdest part about it is that your fiance would probably win a Cat Dennings lookalike contest." Mm. So what the fuck? And I was like, "See." 
It's the fact that she's <laughs> 10 years older than me. That experience is just like you never know. Yeah, you know? there's there's like, something about older uh, something about older and powerful women, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm a fan I'm butt. a fan of like, Kat Dennings as well. <laughs> Boom, dude. I'm so glad you didn't hear what I just said. Hopefully nobody did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Check the tapes. Check the cassette. <laughs> yeah. I that'd be amazing if somebody was like somehow live recording these like on cassette. Like when we air them in the podcast, they're just like recording them on cassette. It's for tapes. a time capsule. That'd be fantastic. No one is I would that. love that shit. No one is uh, doing that's that. Taylor Swift is. Taylor Swift. It's oh. <laughs> her dirty little secret. If yeah. anybody did it, it would be uh-huh. Taylor Swift, I think. Uh, that's about the end of this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you liked it, you guys can follow us outside the show at IndiePod on Twitter. We put up a questions link so we could read your questions every Monday, uh, which I remember because I put uh, I put an alarm on my phone to make sure so I remember. Oh, yes. I'm quite idea. proud of myself as well. Um, you guys can follow me outside of the show at High Legion. You can follow Josh at the underscore George 90. And just to show how big of a fan I am, you can follow Chris at Penwell Writes. And you can yeah. follow the Active Quest show at Active Quest Show on and Twitter. Follow, follow my new website at yep. Chapter Select. We will be covering. Uh, narrative-focused games and movies, so we're, we're just focusing on story-focused content. Uh, I don't, I don't think anyone's covering that niche, you know. So we're, we're excited to launch it on December 11th. Nice. Yeah, I'm super excited to see what you guys got, especially because, uh, <laughs> especially because you've got like PlayStation and everybody in there. It sounds pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for December 11th. He just sent me a pitch, actually, just now. <laughs> All right. That's weird and serendipitous, I guess. Uh, that's the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys liked it uh, as well, make sure you rate us on iTunes. Give us some nice reviews. I haven't checked the reviews recently, but hopefully we've got some more. It really helps us with the algorithm. And make sure you check out the other shows within the HP Video Game Podcast Network, including Active Quest. Great show. Yeah. Watch it every week. Yeah, yeah. Chris would probably really enjoy it. Uh, please rate them on iTunes as well, because I believe you guys are trying to get to E3 with these iTunes. Yes, we rates. are. Yeah, I, E3 has been a dream of mine to go to, but I've never been able to do it. But this time, I'm dunking with the PlayStation Bra, Joseph Yaden, and I don't know who else is going to be there, but it's going to be an awesome time, and uh, looking forward to it. So please, 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 the. Uh, uh, send us reviews our way so we can go there and kick some ass. That's awesome. Yeah, E3 is a big thing. Best of luck, yeah. buddy. Yeah, you probably need it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll do okay. Well, I hope you guys reach that goal. Uh, and you'll also have to tell me after you bunk with him if you cuddled with Joseph, what it felt like. <laughs> uh, how skin, how soft is his skin, and do his buns really look like cinnamon rolls oh Those my are god the few things Yum. i really want to know but on that note thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you guys next week bye, bye. taylor swift <laughs> <laughs> <Good night. laughs> see ya